0: Let's see. Hello, Trey. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm very well, thank you.
0: Good. My name is Trey Carland, and my guest today is Fred Davis, who is a uh, author and spiritual teacher here in the area. You're in South Carolina, correct? Right. Columbia, South Carolina. Okay, good. I'm in Asheville, so we're not too far away.
1: No, oh, well, that's my second home.
0: <laughs> it's a good second home to have. Yeah, it is. Um I guess first off, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your your journey. You know, there's I read about it in the book, um, The Journey Home, which was yeah. volume two. That was a good book. My story was in volume one, and that's a nice little project with. Um, it is a
1: nice project.
0: couple dozen people that have experienced awakenings and their stories, and and I'm always a sucker for a good awakening story, anyway. <laughs> so. Um, Maybe, you know, without getting too deep, because I know you've got quite a fascinating one, but maybe you can tell us some of those highlights. Well, I just, I'll, I'll, let me
1: start at almost the end, which is that uh, having, having met with a defeated life. Um, in other words, I had I had, had some, some good days and some successful times as a, as a normal human being and uh living in the suburbs and all that kind of stuff and that crashed and burned burned due to my alcoholism it, it really I threw it away <laughs> and uh i ended up going from there to living in a park in portland oregon i mean in you know, that didn't happen immediately but w- within a few years i was reduced to being homeless i was a homeless drunk in uh, mount tabor city park in portland oregon and um i managed to uh, you know however by the grace of god literally I got out of that park and didn't die there. I still don't know how that didn't happen, <laughs> but I'm not going to question it yeah um, and then I got sober and um, just as my life began I got sober through 12 step recovery, and just as I began to get stable um, four years into recovery, I had in my first year of recovery, I had gone around and made amends. that's part of the recovery process. I had gone around and made amends to people. And, um, but there's nothing in that book that says they have to accept our amends. And, uh, the delay is a little bit of a mystery, but four years after I made that amends, or three and a half years after I made that amends, um, somebody decided they didn't take them and, and I got, and I ended up getting arrested. And, um, so just as I was getting back on my feet, I got knocked back on my back again. <laughs> and, um, I just didn't really want to I, 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 you know, I had come back from the alcoholism. I just didn't feel like I could come back from legal troubles, too. Just to get the wind knocked out of my sails right then was just too tough. But I nonetheless tried because I had brand-new business as a bookseller on the Internet, and I, and I love being an entrepreneur, and so I thought, I'll give that a shot. Um, I spent the next two and a half years, though, in deep, deep suffering as that um, – as that as that trial became near and near, you know, I had a pretty good lawyer. You put it all a real good lawyer. You put it off for a while, but um, two and a half years later, here it came, and uh, I pled guilty. So there was no question about what was gonna what was gonna happen. At, um, but but with the outcome we didn't know. We knew what was that was gonna be. But fortunately, my life was already a shining example of 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 living well in recovery, and so. What I ended up having to do was go to jail on the weekends and stuff. And that doesn't sound so bad, twenty-three weekends in a row. But it was supposed to be forty five weekends in a row. I did halftime because I went out and picked up trash on the highways like I see these guys do. <laughs> and um but it was I was already so busy. I was the busiest guy I knew selling cheap books on the internet. And I was busy I worked seven days a week. Now that got truncated into into five days a week. Uh, plus, I got put on probation. I was under heavy restriction. It was just more, really, than I felt like I could bear. Mm-hmm. And um I asked my wife, my then girlfriend, now wife, I said she had had a, um, her partner had blown his brains out like a few years earlier, and I didn't want to do that on her by surprise. <laughs> so I asked her, I said, I need your blessing. I really want to commit suicide. And she said, well, I really don't want you to. And I said, I know, but I just, I can't, I can't do this. And she said, well, well, come on and try it for a while. Just try it. And you can go to that if it doesn't work out. But I'll help you with this. I'll help you with that. Please give it a try. So I decided that, you know what, if I can't do anything with this miserable life other than make this sweet woman's life a little less miserable, then that's what I'm dedicating it to. So I'm going to try to stay alive for Betsy, but I had lost all interest in my story. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be Fred. I didn't care anything about it. It was like, Ugh, no thanks. Mm-hmm. And six weeks later, I was sitting in my living room reading uh, Ramesh Basakar's uh, "Pointers from Mr. Mm-hmm. and he asked a question. And when that, when that, when he asked that question, in that moment, and I never read one like this. So it's interesting, but in that very mm-hmm. moment. I just the, the body froze it just completely froze but it felt like that something the size and shape of a BB turned in my head 180 degrees and I felt it lock or unlock whichever one it did but I heard that it clicked and I guess it was probably unlocked the um but when it but when and then when that hit boom there was the awakening first there was the body frozen and I was and, it, but then all of the, you know, that, that, as soon as that lit, I mean, as soon as that clicked, then, oh my God. I, and, um, the first thing that I, I mean, I was like, can this be it? You know, and it was like, God almighty, it can't not be it, you know? <laughs> and, um, and the first thing that I thought of was, you know, was that, oh my God, what I've been looking with is what I've been looking for. <laughs> and, um. So And I thought that was like my original pointer. And I thought it was the greatest pointer I'd ever heard. Never heard it like that before. And I decided I must be supposed to wake up the world with that. Because I just assumed I could say that sentence and everybody would wake up, right? <laughs> and uh, But I found out that's not quite the case. <laughs> and, um, but my original thing there, I, I was surfing the Internet about two years later. And I ran across a teacher. I can't remember his name. but A teacher in um, New York City. Good guy and um and on the front of his website he had stolen my original thing and it just said more what you've been looking with is what you've been looking what you've been looking for is what you've been looking with but he attributed it to saint francis of assisi <laughs> <Huh. laughs> and that's when i found out it wasn't an original thing after all <laughs> and that the saint and the rascal had seen the same thing because there's only one thing to see it can be seen different ways but ultimately there's only one truth to see, Mm -hmm. which is that there's one thing going on and and you're it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was also going to ask you a little bit about addiction because probably all through my twenties, I was addicted to alcohol and tobacco and that sort of thing. And I was a really functional addict. Uh, I drank in the evenings and, but every single evening I had several drinks. And I think by today's definitions that would call me an alcoholic, but um, yeah. Never skipped a day, and, um, but I never had an intervention, so to speak. People yeah. weren't telling me, you, you need to get your stuff together because I yeah. was perfectly functional. Um, I so had about was,
1: 40 of those, but I didn't hear them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, and then it, I guess I was, uh, 30, 31, somewhere in there, and out of the blue, I was diagnosed with epilepsy. We had grand mal seizure, oh. and that was in effect life's intervention, saying, "Well, and, I remember
1: now. I've read your story too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm
0: sorry." That was kind of my wake up call, I guess. Yeah, and, um, I attributed at that point in time. I scaled back my drinking and eventually stopped drinking. But um, prior to that, I actually quit smoking for a time, and that I'd started smoking when I was a teenager, and. Um, I was in my late 20s, and for some reason I said, okay, I'm finally going to quit. And you. when I quit, I started crying uncontrollably with that last cigarette. And I was like, it was beyond me why that was happening. And it wasn't, I guess, until years later that I realized it wasn't just giving up tobacco. It was giving up a part of my identity.
1: Oh, absolutely. I can remember crying when I quit. But no, yeah. just... Uh, 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 it's
0: absolutely a part of your identity when you're a heavy smoker.
1: I was a heavy smoker.
0: Yeah. Cool. And you're not anymore.
1: No, I quit that uh, 10 years ago.
0: Okay. Yeah. It is, it was fascinating to me at the time that, you know, I wasn't a, a very emotional or sensitive person, but that last cigarette was just, and the only thing that got me through it was I'll probably smoke again. I, I, <laughs> <it's>, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah, of good. Course, a couple of years later I did and I have, on back and forth but ultimately these days it's once in a while i'll have a drink once in a while Uh, so there's but i view that as part of the journey Um, yeah and i'm not sure exactly when you decide you're going to indulge in different types of intoxicants whether or not there's um there's this especially if you're a spiritual seeker there's this justification that this is what needs to happen right now. This is what's arising. This is entering my consciousness for one reason or another. Right. And it's in my best interest because life always has my best interest at heart. Yes. Right. So these... Boy, isn't
1: that convenient. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and of course, addiction is i I can do important. whatever I want. Right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's kind of where I'm going with this. You know, it's it was a crucial part of your journey. It was a part of my journey, though our journey is quite different. But um, when you talk to people who are suffering from addiction of various sorts, uh, and they're coming from that place of this is this is me, this is part of what's going on for me, what would you tell them?
1: Well, I do work with a lot of people, because I'm, my first book was Beyond Recovery, Non-Duality and the Twelve Steps. Right, as I meant to result- mention that. That's all right. I'm not, I'm not trying to just plug it. I'm just trying to give a little bit of my background. And that book, as a result of that, I do get a lot of email and, and, and I have a lot of clients who have been in recovery or some of them who are still in recovery. And the first thing that I will tell them was that, uh, that I couldn't have, you know, this is all languaging, so it's none no, no, of it's gonna be comfortable. you know on the, on target or comfortable. But I couldn't have what I have, so to speak, if I had not first gotten sober. I had to get sober before I could get this. Because I have people who are trying to who will write me and they're trying to get this instead of doing some sort of recovery. And that's what I did for about twenty years was I did anything I could do That wasn't, that didn't involve quitting drinking. And, but ultimately for me at least, and I know it works differently for different people, but mine I think is a fairly average path. It's not an unusual path. Um, which is when I'm just a garden variety drunk and, um, I had to get, I just had to get sober and stable first because I had slid, slid so far. By the time you become homeless in a park, and you, you're, and, and I was sick and living in the bushes. I mean, you're right there at death's door. I mean, it's a miracle I didn't die of exposure or something. Mm-hmm. And um, so, once you have, once you have been there, um, I mean, you've got a you've got a point of of real reflection. That was my bottom, as we like to say. Mm-hmm. And I and and no matter what. I just didn't want to go back to the park. And if that involved quitting drinking, okay. And uh, I tried to quit drinking the way you quit smoking, which was that, I mean, I tried always before. I didn't try it this time. This time I really opened up. But always before when I tried to quit drinking or tried to quit smoking, I wanted to be the same person, just not have those pesky addictions. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't remember anybody that I met in recovery who recovery. Who remained precisely the same person they were when they came in to recover? Who who managed to get clean or sober? Mm-hmm. Uh, because that guy, that and what I tell people is, and I still I for me this is still true, is that right um, uh, if it's not true, I'm not going to find out because my life's doing great. And every time I've thought in the past that I could, or surely I can drink again, I found out I couldn't. Mm-hmm. So I pass. And uh, but there in my sense, is that the Fred Davis, who was trying to, who was say a problem drinker, I mean, I was an alcoholic, don't get me wrong, but the Fred Davis that had a serious, that had this deeply serious uh, fatal uh, maled drinking condition, um, he still got it. Uh, But You know, it's just, and I don't even want to say he's not here, although I haven't seen him in years, but but if, but he, but somewhere in here, that still resides. But I'm not, but in no, I mean, but almost like genetically, because there's no, there's no sign of him, really. I mean, I'm surprised, honest to God, I'm surprised I have the same fingerprints. You know, it's that much change since, mean, especially because, you know, six years into recovery, I woke up. So I got the one two punch. I got, You know, I got recovery, and so that changed me dramatically. And then this thing happened. Oh my God! You know, the last eight—you know—almost eight years has just been quite the, quite the journey. So that that Fred Davis note, um, he may still exist, but um, but he was—it was not evident. I didn't try to hold on to him. I tried. um, I didn't try to get rid of him either. I simply tried to live a new way that they taught me. And um, for me that uh would save my life. No question it saved my life. No question whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And my wife's life too, same exact thing. I met her in recovery. And she was a low bottom drunk much like I do. My my wife looks like a, an attractive school teacher and she can tell you about drinking vodka right straight out of the bottle behind the dumpster at the <laughs> liquor store. You know, <laughs> so the um, so getting Getting sober first, then come here. And, 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 and what happens is that a lot of people get into recovery and they will, and they get in and they go in there fresh and are scared to death, most of them, and, and and suffering. And so they'll adapt to that lifestyle. But for me, I found that that lifestyle was a little cyclical. You know, you get through the 12 steps and you're supposed to work them again. It was like, you know, this, that, and the other. It just found the whole thing to be a little cyclical for me. So I stayed in it for a long time and I did a lot of work in recovery and, and um, I did a lot of good. I can see that. Um, and I, I got a lot of good out of it. But at some point, uh, late I was much later than most, I decided, you know, this is not for me and I can't do this anymore. I was awake and they just, by the time, as I became more and more awake, they they, they thought I had lost my mind quite <laughs> literally. And... um so I just had to, you know, get out of there because we nothing, no longer had anything to talk about. Some some people can transfer this thing to AA language. Um, what's our friend's name on the west coast? Who's so uh, the recovery guy that's so good? I can't think of his name. I've talked to him on the phone, but um, it's. Uh, but I just got to where I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, what I get a lot of now is people that are that's the very same place, but they're only a year into AA, or two years, or or, or six months in, mm-hmm. and they and they get it, and they're grateful to be sober, but the rigid structure of that uh, of of the twelve step thing, whether we're, whether we're talking about whatever kind of twelve step group, I don't want to name mine. So, because you're not supposed to, and I've, I've done it before publicly, but I'm trying to avoid it these days. <laughs> so, um,
0: that, uh, well, I've forgotten where I was, Trey. Um, people that come to you that are... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, they, so, when they, you know, when people come to me now, and it's just get sober now, then, and, and, and so they're a year in, they're six months in, they're 18 months in, they're five years in, and they just hit a wall with AA. That's the, or with whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, with whatever 12-step program they're involved in, or even non-12-step program that they're involved in. Um, but if it's any kind of program, that particularly 12-step, which has got a very rigid rigid structure. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I needed when I got came in, because I needed somebody to tell me, do it like this. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and, and, and don't vary, and that's just what I did. And I wouldn't let myself touch, because I, I then called it Zen. I wouldn't let myself touch then for a year because I knew I'd find out what was wrong with this program and get drunk. <laughs> but the, 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 the my book is actually meant to be a bridge. It's not my, you know, Scott Kellyby addresses addicts, practicing addicts with what he's doing. My book is actually written for the people who, have, who are already recovered and um, have already recovered from their drinking or their using. And um, have hit that wall mm-hmm. of, of, you know, I got, I, I got to stay sober, but I can't do this, right? Mm-hmm. Not like they're doing it. I got to have some, and, and, you know, and if you're in California, I have a guy, a client of mine who's 45 years sober, 40 years sober, 45, I forget, real long yeah. time.
0: Yeah. And mm-hmm.
1: he's, you know, works with a piece of magician out there. I mean, as far as he just works with a lot of guys and does a lot of good. Yeah. And, um, and he talks non-duality to it. Mm-hmm. In, in AA language. Okay. Um, and in California, you'll find some of that. Yeah, You know, in some other places, New York City, you'll find places like that. Just around, you know, the more enlightened areas of our country, you'll find that. Columbia, South Carolina is not one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Asheville is one of those. Yeah. Asheville is one of those. Yeah. So really, it's San Francisco. These kinds of places, you'll find where that's moved. They've merged together, and you're not so locked out. Mm-hmm. But the majority of people that I talk to are, you know, they're they're in, on the outskirts or something they're like me. They're in Columbia, South Carolina, or they're in Kansas City, or they're wherever. And it's just not a whole hell of a lot of enlightened AA going around. Right. So, it's. Um, So that's what my book is for. And, and, and it's just because this is the path. This is, the, that book is meant to be the bridge. But this is where, right, getting, getting sober or getting clean, I, I, I don't mean this insultingly to anybody in recovery, but to, for me, as I look back on it, it's like enlightenment light because it's a huge shit, fundamental shift. Yeah. in your personality, you were talking about that identity. It's a huge shift in your identity. It's a huge shift in your personality. It's a huge shift in your in your actions if you take all that stuff seriously, which I did. Yeah, and and you and and you guess what you 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 quit drinking and your life begins to improve. And the next thing you know, man, and it is a it is a spiritual awakening, not the same way that we talk about it in in um. In uh, non-duality, but it is a spiritual awakening, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, the it turns out that that bridge, because of that bottom in recovery, that low bottom, that that's where we had to surrender. So, and and AA is or or NA or anything of they're all a culture of surrender, mm-hmm. and that prepares you very well for this, right, right. which is. I mean, we could, thought, we could call this the culture of surrender, too. Right. The, the culture of self-surrender. So, the... Um, I mean, there's things in AA, there's a prayer, third-step prayer, and it was absolutely non-dual. And, um, you know, it starts out kind of dualistic, but it ends up on a on a completely non-dual note. And I think there was non-dual stuff. They didn't call it that. It was non-dual stuff. I know there was. I've read the history going on in the early parts of this program. But... It just, you know, just like us, it's hard to it's hard to give this thing away. I mean,
0: right, right.
1: So, so that's kind of my, my take on recovery. Yeah.
0: Well, I read your second book, The Book of Undoing, and I really yes. enjoyed it. I actually read it Thanks. twice, and then there's a couple sections I keep coming back to. And, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember one sentence I made note of that's just so simple. It's uh, pay attention to attention. yes. And it, yes. It's sort of that sentence wraps it all up. But, yes. But you can't just say that to somebody, and it, you know, the light go on necessarily.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so the rest of the book is kind of you in a dialogue with a, a, a generic person who's asking yeah. questions and right. trying to get elaboration on that. And um, yeah. I think you do a really good job of
1: Thanks.
0: trying to put that into. Layman's terms, I guess, for like yeah, what, trying to make
1: trying to, trying to make it simple.
0: Yeah, yeah. What geez. I've
1: discovered, I've discovered a few things because since I wrote that book, I have done about um, well, I don't know. Some of them have been clarity sessions, but I've done hundreds and hundreds of awakening sessions since that time. Wow. Where because it's as soon as that book hit out, I mean, because I have a blog, awakeningclaritymail.com and when I when I when and so in other words, I had a ready audience. And when that book came out, it was an, it went into Amazon's top ten for Eastern philosophy and stayed there for ten months. Nice. So it it immediately people started and people started calling me. Yeah. Because some people did wake up from that book, but a lot of people could just see that the truth is in here. I just can't quite get it out by myself. Right. And um so and I found out a number of things from that. And one of the things that I had found out is that I make this childish, childishly simple. In my awakening sessions, I just bring everything to just where it's just silly almost. It's so clear because I just—I don't give the mind any wiggle room. You know, people get mad at me because I tell them it's a yes or no question. And they're like, no, no, but it's a, and I say, it's a yes or no question. <laughs> Which is it? And because there really, it isn't a yes or no question. Just the ego doesn't like the answer. It's got to cough up. Because the ego is going to have to tell the truth, and it resists that. But so the but when but it won't it can't resist this constant childlike hammering. Do you see this? Because if you watch if you look at that book, or you look at my sessions, because because my when I wrote that book, that was everything I had. Now much has come since then, of course, mm-hmm. and um, and my, my my very best stuff's not even in that book. I'm probably not going to put it in a book. So, um, but. But it's a it's a slow reeling you in in the sense of do you see this yes and we build on that okay well that's good so now do you see this yes do you see this yes do you see so so it's a pro, it's very much of a progression yeah. and it's it's a thousand questions done in a, in, a, in a progression that becomes you know it and it changes every time for everybody yeah. whoever it is that's the reason I call it the living method it is alive I don't do it it just comes through here right and, Because I don't do any of this. Just like a minute ago and I said I don't know where I was, when I give a live talk, I'll stop four, five, six times and ask the audience, where the hell was I? Because when this thing stops, there's nobody in the room but Fred and he doesn't know anything
0: about this stuff.
1: (laughs) The other thing that I have learned is not not just to make it simple, but the two other things I've learned. One is that, that talk and tell doesn't work very well. I mean, and this sounds... What I mean by talk and tell is that we we tend to talk about enlightenment a great deal. And I've got, I've written two books and an e book on, right. on it. So I've done my share of it too. Yeah. Um, but it's actually, and I've, and I've got 45 videos. So, so I, I know that it's, so I've done my, really done my share. Nonetheless, having said that, what I have discovered is that talk and tell, where we're talking, where we're trying to, to, to give transmission via talking about this with people, um, it just if it was very effective, millions of people would be awake who are not. Right. And I work with people who all the time who have been in, in been in non-duality ten, twenty, thirty, forty, forty-five years. Forty-five years, my I've got two guys that have been in non-duality forty-five years and weren't close and woke up with me in about two hours. So obviously something different is happening, yeah. and it and what it is is that show and tell works. Mm-hmm. But also, but so I, sh- I don't tell them, talk to them about enlightenment. I remember when I was on BatGap and a woman wrote Rick right after that because he forwarded the email to me and she, and it was the first person that I did a session with after BatGap. You know, I saw you on BatGap and I on a session. And she wrote Rick and she said, this guy doesn't talk about enlightenment. He takes you right there and shows it to you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. Um, the other thing that I've learned though is that so think about this. We think that waking up is so very difficult. That's what we're, that's what we've always thought, and I always thought that. Mm-hmm. And what you can find out, you can reach a point where you find out that actually waking up's not what's hard. Staying asleep is what's hard, because we're having to constantly overcome our experience with our thinking about our experience. Yeah. So what, what I've found out though, is it can't be that difficult to know our, to just see our true nature, or I couldn't do it virtually every day. You know, virtually every day, I did two yesterday. So, they're, you know, with, 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 and when I do these, these people come, they come to an initial awakening. Obviously, an awakening here does not mean that, you know, we're now going to push Ajahn Shanti or Nizagadatta off the stage so we can talk. It's, it, you know, there's, there's, there are levels of clarity, mm-hmm. but they do come to an initial awakening. They, they see their true nature mm-hmm. there, and they I mean, you know, they tickle the death. Yeah. And it's and it's authentic. And there are people I have who've been in this thing for a while, who wake up and never appreciably go back to sleep. And when I say that, what I mean is is that when cloudiness comes in, it's recognized. Oh, and this is part of the process too. All right. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of oh, it's broken, I <laughs> lost it. You know, I had it, I lost it, I now got to get it back. Right. So it isn't that difficult to see our true nature or I couldn't do what I can do, what I do. But the, when I say I do what I do, let me let me tell you the shorthand secret on that. I say I wake people up, this, that, and the other. It's shorthand. Right. I, I, I I tell people at my house if I thought I had to come downstairs and wake up two people, I wouldn't leave my room. I wouldn't get out of bed. <laughs> but So I facilitate that. Right. But it's just a lot shorter to say I woke people up. Right. And you've got lots of I'm sure. So, but the thing that I've discovered is that although it's not difficult to, to, to see our true nature, it's difficult, it is actually, it is difficult to accept it, to accept what we see. So two-thirds of my awakening sessions are actually bringing people to an absolute surety of, where, of what they are not because what I've discovered is that once we have once we have convincingly showed, I don't know if it's the mind or truth itself, whatever, once we've convincingly let's call it the mind, once we've convincingly shown the mind what it's not, or the yeah. I should say the unit, the, the body-mind, right. I call these units, mm-hmm. the, uh, so this body-mind, once I've shown this unit what it's not, then that open, and then there's a then there's a and there's an openness there, at mm-hmm. which point I can come in, introduce what you are, and it takes. Right. And mm-hmm. I do that via I do that I hope uh, via stories usually, and in a long tradition of spiritual truth being transmitted via story, and there's good reasons for that. One of them is is that you can slip stuff into a story that the mind will very patiently sit there and listen to, and will not shut down on. Right. So you come in and just bup, 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 and then you slip something in, and it's like, and it hits home before they re, before it realize it's been screwed. You see
0: what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me. One of the things I've I found more effective lately is yeah. um, posing questions rather than telling people things. Yes, and keeping the mind. It's like start off a sentence with "What if this were the case?" Not yeah. saying yeah, it yeah, is yeah, the case. Yeah. yeah, that's right. What if? This yeah,
1: I do that same A very similar thing. I do it from the. <clears throat> well, let's pretend you're oneness, <laughs> and
0: <clears throat> <laughs> and
1: sometimes I'll switch it to where let's pretend you're not. Right. <laughs> but but I, I like that very much because it is it's that light touch, mm-hmm. so that the mind doesn't immediately raise it up because you've already offered it an act. Right, right. You're just showing it something, and what if right. I get that? Well, I probably use what if so. I like that. Uh, I have not used that before, so it's a direct theft.
0: (laughs) Speaking of which, I thought that (coughs) I had this original um, uh, use of the past to enter the present, where and this sort of came to me one day, where I went back and and relived the childhood memory, and during the process of re-envisioning that memory, paid attention to what was there watching that, that's here today watching this. Yes. And what yes. hasn't changed at all. That's exactly right. That's that exactly future. right. So kind of, And I think you use that in, in your book. I do. I was going to say, that sounds like my sense of being
1: inquiry that I use. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I do a shorter version of that now, but it's a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And you can notice that, well, you notice that there's something there because there's something recording this stuff. All right. Because I'm not having to say... Okay, um, this is going to be a fascinating talk with Trey. Let's be sure to remember this and press, you know, record. <laughs> Yet, tomorrow, if you ask me about this, I will be able to recall it. Right. Because it's own file, so to speak. Yeah. You know, and some, and I didn't have to do it. Uh, this thing, whatever it is that's, that, that is recording that, so to speak, whatever it is that's observing that, it, um, it doesn't need my permission, and it doesn't need my direction. It just does what it does, yeah. and and and, that, and that's the key. And, and understanding that that what I'd like to do with people is is once I have them once they've recognized this, what I call that sense of being, mm-hmm. is I'll ask them. So you know, when you notice that, you have do you have to do you have to, um, uh, do you have to connect to that, or do you just have to notice it? And inevitably, they'll say, oh, well, I just have to notice it. And I'll say, okay, now let me ask you this. Like, can you disconnect from that? And the answer is always the same. No. You know, I can I can see where I can be aware of it or not aware of it, but I can't actually. So we're hung with this sense of being. Yeah. Once we recognize that, then we realize, well, damn,
0: there's some kind of bigger picture going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the teachings... Um John Sherman. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him.
1: Yes, okay. um, I am. Mean, okay.
0: i have not followed him, but
1: I know who he is—the the old bank robber or whatever it was. <laughs> and I just—and and I've seen him. I've seen him a good bit since he's been sober, been with Ganga G.
0: Okay. Um, the uh, "Just Look at Yourself" website is his, and it's—it's it's simply directing your attention 180 degrees to look at what's looking.
1: That's right.
0: And that was... exactly right. I finally got Ramana Maharshi's teaching by reading something by John Sherman. It was kind of like the the Who Am I thing just didn't really do it for me until I realized it's a directional shift of attention. That's exactly right. And according to him, the thing to do is just continue to do that whenever you think about it, just for a few seconds throughout the day. And that gradually sort of, I guess... Wears down your identification with thought. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly how he would put that's, it, but.
1: that's the John Sherman method. Right. I have the Lydic method. You have the Troy method. Because the thing that we people need to understand is, they get confused. Why? Why is this? Why does this teaching contradict that teaching? Why doesn't everybody teach exactly the same thing in exactly the same way? I mean, isn't there just one truth?
0: Right. And the
1: fact is, yes, fundamentally there's one truth. But that truth, in order to reach you, in order to reach the, an audience, it has to come through this. Right. Or that. Or a John Sherman or a Ganga G or a whoever. Right. And and so when it comes through here, it doesn't reach you pure. It reaches you so that you're seeing Fred's skew on this thing. There's still Fredness here. It's going to color anything that I say or do. Right. And so, including teach. Mm-hmm. And I'm never telling the truth to begin with. I'm always lying to the highest ability I can. <laughs> and so when you take that and then you realize it's skewed by personality, by the conditioning that's here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, because there's certainly unique conditioning for every one of us. Right. Our DNA arrives here on the planet. It, by its stripped of itself, is just by itself is almost unique or, or unique. I mean, the odds are incredible on that. Right. And then when you figure out that you take that DNA and you put it through an exact set of conditioning, for instance, that this one went through, right. and those all those circumstances and uh, and all that, and you recognize that wow, that just got that con- it conditioned the conditioning, <laughs> and so and, and what you can what we can realize then is that until we wake up. This, this is hard. I understand. If you're watching this thing and, and you're not awake, I don't, uh, this is hard to accept. But you don't have to accept it. But I'll just—this is true in my understanding—is that basically, until we wake up, we are like burlap sacks that have got red buttons glued all over us. And as we roll through condition, as we roll through life, it is conditioning meeting circumstance. Bam, bam, bam. And when we wake up, suddenly we can begin to to view that from the eyes of truth instead of the eyes of Fred. And uh, we, at that point, we, we can begin really the clearing process, which is, which is actually much more taxing than waking up. It's just that the waking up's always gotten the waking up gets all the press. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I guess one of the questions that would probably come up is. Um, your your daily life. What's that like? Being in this state of non dual awareness, for lack of a better way of putting it, as far yeah. as being the witness of the witness throughout your yeah. daily life.
1: Right. Yeah, it's um. Well, you know, it's it's pretty. I mean, I'm kind of a skewed one to ask that because I live, breathe, sleep, and everything else. This 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 I'm a one trick pony. This is what I do. I do it for a living. Um, and I um, I do it for joy. So if I'm not if I'm not teaching it, I'm probably in the living room reading it, which is rare these days. Yeah. Um because I'm I'm either teaching it or writing it directly an awful lot. So and I move in these days it's very different than it was even a year ago. Because all of these sessions, the chief result of them is that they've cleared this up because uh, yeah. every single time I have to take this through, that's those basics every day, sometimes twice a day. Boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Look at this. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, and I've seen it too. So <laughs> it's uh, so it's cleared this up tremendously. And now I move There's with a certain fluidity mm-hmm. that, well, I'll tell you what, I had a woman yesterday. Um, I, this doesn't happen often, but it's not the first time it's happened, but it's been... Long time since it could happen last, and I had a I had a client blow up on me yesterday, hmm. because what I do is I have to get them aligned with what I'm doing because their ego wants to run my session, uh, and but of course it's you know and I, I have to get really brutal and I say how many do you notice that you've never done one of these sessions? Do you know that I've done about 500? Which one of us do you think might know how this should should go? Whatever, and this woman just blew up. And there was no real response here. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I'm sorry. There's nothing personal here. And I didn't, certainly didn't mean any disrespect. I'm just trying to tell ego it doesn't get to run the show. And ego's been wounded. And it's lashed out at me or whatever. Yeah. But, and I mean, there was the, the, the body tense stuff and stuff during that. It, it's not like it didn't affect me at all. Right. But there was no, but you had to be in my head. Mm -hmm. to know that there had been an effect. The body didn't yell back or throw down the phone. And we ended up, um, we ended up that session, and this woman's a life coach, and we started out that session with her blow-up, and we ended up, or just shortly into it, she blew up, and then at the end of it, she said, so are we okay about my blowing up earlier? And I said, sure, we're fine about it. She said, because I just want to tell you I'm your student and I bow to your feet. So, (laughs) That's quite a damn shift, is yeah. it not? <laughs> From going, You don't have any respect, you you're just you know, it was <laughs> awful. And so that she did I told her, you know, don't don't worry about it. She did make the best comeback I've ever seen, and she did. Yeah. So I, mean, I forgot what, what we were talking about
0: on this thing you now. Oh, the, everyday experience with people. everyday experience. Yeah.
1: So I'll move with a great fluidity, which is that whatever happens this seems to move in that direction, um, and and and. I mean, what I, I had a one woman when I was in Asheville this a couple of weeks ago and did my sessions. I had a young woman, probably 23, 24, something like that, that she was um, asking about. You know, what should I do with my life? And the first thing I always say, you know, if you want life advice, I'd find somebody who didn't live in a park. <laughs> but I was. But I was willing to give her, go on record, it's given her the general thing. I'd look for which way the wind is blowing and be willing to align yourself. Be willing to go in that direction. Uh And that's what happens here. It's the same thing that, it's the same thing that's happened with, with my practice. My practice has exploded in the last year. And it's done so, um, which is, I mean, it's just been such a radical shift. It's crazy. Yeah. And I mean you can't because the unit knows it can't do this stuff. Yeah. And it just is perplexed, you know. It's like, wow, why are they why are they coming to see you? Why are they why are you getting to see me? But but it has happened perfectly, without my doing anything. Yeah. Because I never what's happened is that there has been such there has been such a pull. The teaching just Gnaws at me all the time. It's like this. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Get in front of the computer. Do this. Da, 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 da. You know, get this and get this better. Get this perfect. All this stuff, it never leaves me alone. And very, very rarely. I can I can't hardly take a day off mm-hmm. for the you know for rest just general unit recuperation. Yeah. But man, I don't even know where I was again. So uh what were we talking about?
0: So, <laughs> if- if you're, in effect, following where the, the wind takes you, you're just kind of going with
1: them. Yes, I was like, because, because then what I noticed is without my doing anything, all of the volunteers that I would need in order to build a, a, a begin to build a, a organization, it's a disorganized organization. It just has it's done itself. Right. You know, and all the volunteers have arisen, and I've got, you know, I got I've got a business manager in Florida and an editor in Florida, and I got somebody here and somebody there, and you know, and and a, and a events manager in Asheville. All this, that, and the other, and all of these people have just fallen together. Yeah, and I haven't sought any of them. They've all, um, they've all come to me, and they and that's the best description of my life. Yeah, is that I try to do as little as possible. But there's such a pull by the teaching that it looks like a push from here. In other words, I, I don't mind shameless self-promotion. I think it's a wonderful teaching. I think it's the, this may be, I mean, this is one of the most powerful things going on. It really is. And so why would I not want to shout that from the rooftops? And just the fact that that goes against the the, 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 the feelings, beliefs, and wishes of a lot of people in non-duality, I can't help that. Right. I kept it actually under my hat for a while as to what I was really doing. And then last year, about a year ago, I read Emerson's essay, Self-Reliance, and which I'd always veered away from because I thought it was, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstrings. Mm-hmm. <coughs> it's not. It's Self-Reliance with a capital S. Ah. It's Reliance on that self. Gotcha. And it was a freedom to come out and be yourself. Actually do what you're doing. And so I came out and and I just started saying, look, and I backed myself to the wall and said, I'm taking on all comers. You know, call me. I'll try to wake you up. I bet I can. And the other thing that, that happened at that time was I really let loose of this guy because I didn't want to be a spiritual teacher like I am. That's, who wants to be that man? I wanted to be Eckhart Tolle or Rupert Spira, you know, the really the Quiet Master comes out and just you know talks in hushed tones and that sweet baritone and da da da, and, you know, and all that stuff, and that everybody loved and respected, and everything. And instead, I'm a hick from South Carolina who's you know who's funny as hell, and that's what I and that's what I do. Yeah. And um and 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 I'm and I'm quite self deprecating, you know. People will tell me, they'll ask me if I'm at a Meeting or something, you know? Do you really think that there's um, uh, that there's really an acceleration to enlightenment because our planet, you know, because our planet, because of our planet or whatever our planet's condition? And I just had one answer to that, you know. If this is in the front of the room, the planet is in trouble. <laughs> so, but that's not, the, you know, but that kind that's not the kind of teacher I wanted to be. But it turns out. That a lot of teacher, actually, a lot of people actually like me. Yeah. Not me. Not the next Eckhart Tolle. Not the next Ajahn Shanti. Not the next this or that. But just Fred Davis. So that's what I've come to see is that I'm just the first Fred Davis. Doesn't need to be. Doesn't need to be a second. You know? <laughs> My wife would give, wouldn't take a million dollars for me. I don't think she'd give you a nickel for another one just like me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, one thing I was going to ask you about is your upcoming events. You're coming back to Asheville sometime soon, aren't you?
1: Coming back to Asheville um, on May 31 and June 1. Okay. We're going to do, it's going to be a bigger one this time. We had an awakening session, uh, the first group session that I've ever done. And it was very successful. Yeah. We had multiple initial awakenings, which uh, didn't shock me completely, but I, you know, but I didn't know if it was going to work or not. Yeah. I knew it was going to either fall on my face. Um, or that we were going to have something extraordinary happen, and we had something extraordinary happen. That's great. Uh, it is, well, well, it's very cool, and we're going to try, we're going to do that for, for a little bit bigger crowd. I only wanted 10 in the last one. I think we ended up with 12, but I had meant to only have it for 10. And the next one, we're going to allow 25. And that's about the venue, what the venue can hold is Barbara's house. Yeah. yeah. It, and that's about which we can comfortably sit, is about 25. So, um, we're going to try it with a larger audience and see how well it carries there. I don't know. Yeah. But I have to believe that, it, that what had happened before is that two, two women from Asheville had come down and they were best friends and they wanted to, to wake up in the same session. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I've never done this before. You know, I don't know if it'll work or not. And they said, well, it's our money and we want to try. <laughs> I said, that's great. But now I had permission to fail. Right. I want all the pressures off. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. both woke up. And I went. Damn, if it'll work for two. I'll bet you it'll work for ten. Yeah. Now I'm thinking, if it'll work for ten, it'll work for twenty-five. At some place, and it could be between ten and twenty-five. Right. There's going to be a place where you get diminishing returns. Right. Or that where the energy, because that's one of the things people talk about with, with my meetings. It's, tr- it's huge energy and all of this. And, and you know, I mean, I'm not. I don't. I don't know that I can go into an auditorium. Right. If you follow. Wake up, I suppose. But, you know, at least I can do groups now, which is cool. Yes. And, uh, but my real joy, my, my ultimate joy is still one-on-one because mm-hmm. that's where it really happens.
0: Yeah.
1: For any teacher. Yeah. Really, it's that one-on-one with the teacher that, that or at least for me, and that's my, been my experience, is that that's what really pays off. And what happens is, is we adopt Eckhart Tolle or Ajahn or somebody else as Byron Katie or something. In other words, the nationally known figures, and that's my teacher, and that's what I did. Yeah. But at some point, I recognized that, you know, there's only so much this person can give me because they're not, they don't know why I live. They
0: don't know why I'm not
1: lying alive. Yeah. And so I came down to the secondary stream of teachers of which you and I belong to. And, um, and I got Scott Killaby, and he's the one that helped me stabilize. I've been awake for three and a half years when I met Scott, but he really helped me stabilize and really get it in another sort of way. And he did a lot of that in the first 40 minutes that I knew him. Yeah. So, very, you know, just amazing what happens when a teacher comes in and really starts doing the one on one thing. Because, Whenever if it's an awake being that's teaching, it comes out generalized because it's for like a group satsang or an auditorium full of people, or it's a book or it's a video, and therefore everything that's taught has to come out generalized. Yeah. But when I'm actually talking to someone, for instance, when we look at recorded satsangs or we look at book, books or whatever or that are that are written down, you know, by um, transcribed satsangs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that that was not a that was not a generalized teaching, right? It was t- that teacher was speaking to that person that uh, mm-hmm. that that he could feel a, a lot about, and, and that person's exact situation that they told him about. In other words, there just there a hundred factors there that can only play out one on one. There's yeah. no no way to get it. In my in my, my, Sure, I don't want to say no way to get it. It's easier to get it, you know. Sure as I sure as I say there's no way to get it, then I suddenly know how you wake up. I don't have the slightest idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what I'm doing here. Other than we're supposed to be talking, I know that. That's great. Yep. That's all I know about what you know. This unit should be up to. <laughs> That's all I know too. <laughs> That's it. See, we, we're just not privy to all the information we used to have. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I am. I don't know. What, I, don't, I don't know if either one of those things makes sense. You know what? I the, the irony of this is that as soon as I discovered quote who I am, I just I simultaneously discovered I didn't know what that was. <laughs> so it's like great, I know what I am, who I am, but I don't know what that is, and I still don't, and I don't need to. I notice that I don't care.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, If people want to get a hold of you for private sessions, how would they go about doing that? The
1: easiest thing to hook up with me is just go to awakeningclaritynow.com and you can see there's a sessions page there. Um, And and go there if you're broke because you don't have to pay to use that site. There's a huge amount of information on that site. You've got a a book excerpt on there. There are lots and lots of well-known teachers who have I used to do a, a different type of website that was really hosting other people, and that's now morphed into my own site. It's a new site, but it, into where it's really about my teachings. But all of that stuff is there. You can do searches yeah. for you, know, you can search names, and um, and a lot of the big names will be there. But even um, and and then there's a lot of and there's a ton of my writing. I started that I started that um, website, or at least the original one. I started less than three years ago, and there are over 200 posts. Yeah. So that's cranking them out. There are hundreds of thousands of words there. And yeah. you know, also there are links there to um, my videos, which people write me. They've woken up from my videos, mm-hmm. uh, and they're there and they're free. Yeah. And so take you know the people will will write me, and they'll want me to. And I don't do I don't do sessions for free. I just I didn't, I didn't get them free from Scott and I don't get them free. Just, just what? Just a quirk. Right. And, uh, so, but the funny thing is, is that if you, if you check into a lot of that, which I have done, just, I could tell from the letter, they haven't read my books. Right. They haven't really gone over the website. They just heard I can wake people up and wake me up yeah. instead of a first, of Go going to work because that's what people, nobody wants to do in spirituality. Is we all want that big, you know, that big lazy awakening um, <laughs> where I never have to be alert again. And it's just God Almighty. And I call it the SM version of spirituality, which is tie me up and make me see. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: and I don't see that happening. <laughs> that
0: sounds good. <laughs>
1: So I'll i shut up and let you close this thing down.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate you talking to me. It was a lot of fun. It's great. I'm
1: so so. We have emailed a bunch of times. It's wonderful yeah. to finally meet you. And I and I'll, I'll, I'll be, you I'll I time. want to meet you in person and ask for
0: some yeah. yeah. Because you said May thirty one and June one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And June one is the June one is the it would be the clarity session and you know you come the same way we talked about before. Okay. Okay. So if you can, if you can't, I get it. You're busy. And you're you're busy with your own teaching instead of fretting about mine. But uh, I very much appreciate Asheville um, Asheville Sanha and what uh, what you do and what Cullen do Cullen Is yeah that right yeah. yeah what what he does and um and what and just that whole thing that that whole thing just got a wonderful vibe. It's very Asheville.
0: Good good. <laughs> Glad to have you a part of it. Yeah.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And. Um, books again Book of Undoing
1: okay. the, the Book of Undoing and, um, and then there is uh, Non-Duality and the Twelve Steps okay. they can come to the website and get a free little book sign up and get a free little book called um, Awakening Clarity A Spiritual Sampler okay. um, and that's about I don't know, fifty pages or something like that that's um, a Kindle and mm-hmm. um, the, and then this summer there will be an, another book which, um, well, I won't even say the title, but it's kind of tied into the first one. Got it. But There should be uh, 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 John's working on. It's going to be a compilation of columns, and somebody's okay. putting it
0: together for me. Sounds great. Yeah, well, good to talk to you. Great to talk to you, Trey. Right. Thank you
1: so very much.
0: Thank you, and you have a good day.
1: Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.